from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, with two-man coverage of the red and gold, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And welcome back to Locked On Chiefs. It's kind of midweek here, and the Chiefs are rolling at minicamp. We've got some things to talk about, specifically about some of the news coming out of what we see on the field, and it's not all. Mahomes, Mahomes, Mahomes. Uh, I know it feels like it, but it's not. And there are a couple of other players that uh, have made a couple of plays, and we're going to talk about that here in a minute. Um, Chris is is out today, so it's just me. I want to clue you in on a couple of things that are going on. Uh, We are adding to our staff at LockedOnChiefs.com. You're going to have some new writers to read over there. Uh, And we are sticking with what we do best. It's going to be heavy analysis, some film reviews, some scouting reports, um, more, I don't know, more meat, less vegetables, basically not as much opinion, but that's the direction that we're going. We have some other announcements that are going to come soon in terms of other parts of what we do, uh, specifically going to have some new stuff on RGR football on YouTube. If you haven't checked that out yet, uh, hit the link in the show notes. Uh, RGR is where I'm doing all of my video work at this point. And uh, it's analysis, It's you'll feel at home coming from the podcast over there, uh, and it's kind of its own little thing. It's not, it's not straight out of the pod, it's a little more descriptive, obviously the visual helps, uh, and it's been going uh, in a direction that I really like. So if you haven't, um, take a couple minutes and check that out and see what you think, and please uh, let me know uh, in the comments either on the videos or through Twitter or whatever you like. So something that we're going to plan to do through uh, the season and really make a habit of it so that we as a platform are going to become more multimedia. And that's something that, you know, is a plan for us, but it's a little bit of a slow process and we really want some input from you guys so far has been really positive And I appreciate that. Uh, moving on to what's going on. A lot of folks are calling uh, for information, uh, not just on the chiefs. And that's great. I'll do a video for it too, but I want today to start uh, by talking about the AFC West And in particular, this is a division that over the last several years has become the mecca within the NFL for pass rush. Every team in this division can pass rush. And though some teams are are aging and changing a few things, it's, it's kind of a common denominator that if you're playing the AFC West... You have to have decent tackles because you're going to face a, a pass rush that can get to you. And while that is changing, honestly, the, the least amount of change is probably going on in Los Angeles because the Chargers have, you know, their base with Bosa and they have Ingram and they, they have guys that they feel can get it after the ball and they need to get better as a defense as a whole. Uh, they lost some guys on the back end particularly Trey Boston, that I think are going to leave them a bit more susceptible. And it's going to make the 2018 season for them all the more important for their pass rushers in order to compensate for the loss of experience in the back. Um, That doesn't mean that they're a poor defense. A lot of folks are picking them to win the division again. And, uh, you know, it's been a very popular pick over the last couple of years. I don't see it because I don't think they can put it all together. I don't think that the defense is... Anything the Chargers can hang their hats on. Yes, they're good, uh, and yes, they have some players, but they've they've been unable to beat the Chiefs. They've been uh, unable to really put anything together as a team. Whereas if they'd won a couple of close games last year, they might have been in the hunt for the division. I I just don't think that that's something that they're prepared for. And whether it's the coaching staff, I think Anthony Lynn's a solid coach. 
I don't know if the staff is up to par. You have the the aging quarterback. Now you don't have his primary target, uh, an offense that has traditionally flown or flowed through the tight end position is now without Anthony Gates and without Hunter Henry. So it's it's something that I think is going to be problematic for them. You know, if a stiff wind blows, Keenan Allen might go down again. So I don't know that they can hang their hat on it. Um, but their pass rush in particular, I think they're kind of status quo and, and looking to just make that incremental improvement uh, that you see from players in their third, fourth year. It's not the big step from year one to year two, but it is incremental. Now, the Raiders got hit with an interesting thing this week as they made their move to minicamp. Uh, they did it without their best pass rusher, Khalil Mack, who is holding out at this point. A lot of turmoil in Oakland over this this offseason with John Gruden and, and some of the, the head scratchers that he's done. I, I get that he wants a more, uh, more veteran presence. Uh, more veteran leadership on that team. And I can get behind that. And you know me, I, I'd like to see the run game across the league make a resurgence, at least in part. Um, I, I think the days of, of running the ball 60% of the time are, are out the window, of course. But uh, John Gruden likes to use the backs. Um, I still have faith that he can be successful in this league. There's a lot of folks who don't. They think he was out of the game too long and that the moves that they've made in this offseason have shown that. The holdout of Mac is maybe a symptom of that and something that they're going to have to overcome in order to get their pass rush back on track. And from what I read, they are trying to make the most out of some of their other pass rushers that are available. You know, I don't know if you're going to get to the point where you can make up anything close to the difference or even have a functional pair given how important Cleo Mac is. And it's, it's a, he's a guy that's been recognized, I think, maybe a little bit more so than he deserves as being a standout. But he's certainly up there with the Von Millers and the Justin Houstons. And it's it's one of those things that you're going to have to see somebody else come along for them. And until then, I mean, they took a chance on, on Arden Key, of all things. If you think he's going to step up as a rookie in Oakland, getting paid and be available for you, I, I think you're putting a lot on the line. So I think if this comes down to uh, getting Mac under contract, and if so, then they at least have one pass rusher that can work. Also this week, uh, you know, minicamp seems to be the culmination of what's going on in the AFC West, and the Broncos made an interesting move, and they decided to bring back DeMarcus Ware. Just not the way that you thought they might. Uh where clearly has retired and, and and grew to the point in his career where he was not as productive just because of the wear and tear uh, that an NFL career puts on you. And that's certainly understandable. Uh, what they did do, though, is bring him back in a, in a part-time capacity to be a pass-rushing coach for the Broncos. Uh, you know, with Shaquille Garrett going to be the guy with uh, that backs up both Bradley Bradley Chubb, the top draft pick pass rusher, as well as Vaughn Miller. Uh, now that you have Shane Ray that's, that's going to be out uh, for camp, out for the first part of the season, um, you need to be able to rotate Shaq Barrett and Bradley Chubb and still get production out of them. One's a rookie, obviously a very talented rookie, but a rookie nonetheless. Um, a guy that is not the overpowering nor the, the breakneck edge bender that Von Miller is. So as far as the Chiefs matching up with them, I I don't think that Bradley Chubb gives brings anything to the table that the Chiefs tackles can't deal with. Um, 
maybe if you mix it up or if you go NASCAR and they decide to put Shaq Barrett on the field with Chubb and Miller, maybe that's a different story. But uh, I think it puts the Chiefs in the position that Max holding out. The rookie is probably going to be the guy to play opposite Miller. And Schwartz has done well against Miller in the in the end. So pass rush of two of the, of the teams I think is going to be stymied. And I don't think that Joey Bosa is going to be anything that, that between Fisher and either Anger or Witzman that they can't corral. Yes, he's been fairly productive against them. I mean, nothing outlandish, though. So I think it, it's doable, and I think the Chiefs are in a good spot to combat the pass rush-centric teams in this division. Um, their pass rush on the other side is something that uh, we're going to take a second. We'll come back and talk about that and some of the guys that are doing things at minicamp. Guys, do you remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance to get the extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis that you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door with a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships directly, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code of LOCKEDON. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. And the promo code is locked on to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Now, out of Chiefs minicamp, things are on the move. Uh, we see evidence of development. And, yeah, it's been a lot of pet homes to this point. Uh, and before we get to all the defense... And that's what I want to focus on today. I just want to point out a couple of things that came out on Wednesday. Uh, one being that not only is Chris Conley back, and I've gotten a lot of folks on Twitter and even some on RGR Football there that are questioning that you know, they're hearing reporters are telling them that Demarcus Robinson's the third uh, wide receiver and Conley might not even make this. Team. That's bull. You're getting fed a line. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, sources that I trust, Matt Derrick. Vahe Gregorian, Blair Kirkhoff, uh, even newcomer Nate Taylor has said how much, even though they're quote-unquote holding him back, that Chris Conley's been involved with the ones to this point in the offseason, both in OTAs and definitely this week. Uh, he's in there a lot. He's getting a good number of reps, uh, and he's getting it because he feels good. Uh, he came out on Wednesday and made some statements that he feels good, that he feels light. He's playing about 10 pounds lighter than he has in the past, down at about 214. And this is a guy who ran a 438 in college. So losing weight is probably even better for him, better for his long-term injury recovery uh, in terms of the sheer forces that are put on that Achilles 10, and that's a plus. So uh, the the demise of Chris Conley in the Chiefs' offense has been grossly exaggerated. Uh, so look for him to play a prominent role. And with everything we've talked about with Sammy Watkins, look look for Chris to continue to move around the field as he has in the past. Um, with with he and Watkins, both two good sized receivers, being able to go into the slot and run routes out of there, I think that's man, that's a great thing. But on the defensive side of the ball, we see evidence of a couple of things that are very interesting and. 
along the front seven, you have kind of the stalwarts, the the three four types that can do what you need them to do. Uh, if you if you are going to have to play three four base, which I don't think the Chiefs want to do, but it is technically where they're coming from. You're looking at Alan Bailey and Xavier Williams, uh, the the draft pick uh, Naughty. They're all two gap, you know, hold up on double teams type staunch three four guys. You can run that front with them. That's not the best thing that this team wants to do. I think they want to get in the four man front uh, with two interior guys and four linebackers. Uh, and I think that's probably the best for them as well. And what you can do is some of those guys can penetrate as well. I know Williams has had some success. Um, you know, now he's a run guy first. I think Alan Bailey can move the pocket, but you know, coming off of some injuries the last couple seasons, as well as not being a pass rusher per se, uh, that may be interesting. But if you get if you get a healthy D forward, you're looking at possibilities of having Chris Jones inside and Breland Speaks inside. Uh, we talked when he was drafted. I think Breland Speaks can play, you know, especially on that that shaded four kind of technique. Uh, maybe even heads up as a three. He can play inside and get some work done. I think the two of them are interesting in there. Uh, and it gives you some options, especially on passing downs, to use them in coordination with both Houston and D Ford. Uh, D Ford, who at this point has not been able to practice in team drills. He's doing some individuals. Uh, from images that I've seen, and I have not been to practice, but images that I've seen, he doesn't look to be in my opinion, ready to go right this second. Looks a little worried. Uh, I hope that he's still progressing, but I don't know that you can count on him for the start of training camp. Whether he can progress or not, we'll have to see. But that's more reps for Breland Speaks, and it's more reps for Tano Passigno. And Tano, when you look at some of what they do in practice, even if it's individual drills, you can see how the progression of footwork is coming along. And Tano Passigno looks to have made some good strides in how he's attacking the ball, how he's using his feet in order to maintain leverage. Um, there's some film out there, I think, from B.J. Kissel, either on the Chiefs site or on his Twitter stream. Check those out. Um, and you can see Justin Houston, Tano Passigno taking very similar steps in their approach uh, to some of these drills. And... Then you see Justin Houston being the leader that he is and being in this this new outside backers only group, which I think is great. Uh, and I, I think Coach Smith is going to do a great job with them, and that's good for them. But you see Justin Houston teaching again and taking Breland Speaks aside and talking about this is how you use your feet in order to get this drill done, to maintain leverage so that you can get back outside. Um, but you see Tano Passigno, who's taking reps with Houston, doing it now a year removed from being so raw that he didn't know where he was going. Uh, and I think that's a great progression at this point as well. And what comes down to is how much of Justin Houston's game can wear off on these young guys if D Ford is truly not ready to go. That's going to be the big question. And knowing that Justin Houston is a guy that, that puts this team first and feels this as a family, I think that that's something you're going to see more. Um, I think Justin Houston is in for a much better season than last. And I'm going to take another quick second, and then when I get back, we'll talk about why that is and what it might look like. Now, for Justin Houston, had the injuries, a little bit slow to recover. You know, he played a season last year where he was the only legitimate pass rusher. Uh, 
and teams were able to manipulate because of the lack of pressure on the other side. They were able to manipulate when they could get him into coverage, knowing what the base calls were going to be, especially as the season progressed. And you can see the tendencies that, that Bob was using, I think mostly because of personnel, um, but because Bob's a little stubborn too. Um, you could see how teams were manipulating some of their sets to in, in order to get Justin Houston in coverage and keep him off of the passer uh, because they didn't have to worry about the backside. And the best thing to come out of, of minicamp to this point is not just the theory that that Mike Smith has said, hey, we're, we're going to move him around some, um, but the actual evidence that we see him lining up against left tackles. Uh, that's the big thing. And if he can continue to do that, so they're looking both at matchups as well as uh, the thing that we forget about D Ford, and this is if he is back and healthy, is that D Ford has performed better from the left side of the defense, the spot that Justin Houston has traditionally lined up in. Uh, D Ford's played better over there as well, and Justin's able to jump around. So maybe you see to the point now where you have a rotation. And I think a rotation is great because it keeps teams on their toes about how they can try to attack or make up for Justin Houston. It leaves opportunities there for Breland Speaks, for Tano Passanio, for D Ford if he's out there. Uh, expect them to run away from Justin Houston wherever he is. And that puts the impetus in the run game back on Breland Speaks and Tano Passanio. Um, we all know that D Ford is not that great against the run. I can see um, a progression here where D4 becomes a third-down situational pass rusher in, in what I expect to be his last season in Kansas City, where you have the heavier, more stout athletes in Speaks and passing you. Be the first and second down guys who are going to get run at because nobody wants to run at Justin Houston, and nor should they. Uh, the man's leverage, I mean, just, just his shift – to, to take blockers off with one arm, you know, in a chicken wing maneuver is, is impressive and something that teams scheme away from as they should. Uh, but that does make the weak link over on the other side. Uh, and it does put the impetus on this renewed sense of being tough against the run for the front seven, including Hitchens and Ragland. Uh, Hitchens and Ragland, the good thing is that they can both run, and, and Ragland's playing a little bit lighter this season as well, and I think that gives them an opportunity that uh, if they can show, especially early in the season, a stoutness between the tackles, if they can cover those A-gaps and not get gashed up the middle, it's going to put the impetus further and further in game planning out on the outside linebacker opposite Houston. And then you get into what I think Ragland and Hitchens can both do very well, and that's flow to the ball. If they're talking outside zones, you know, counters outside, some of those pitches, certainly screens, that kind of thing where it the impetus is on the outside backer to set the edge and the inside backers can flow. Having two backers rather than a backer and a safety like we've seen in, in seasons past is going to allow the Chiefs defense to be stout in, in, against the run. It's going to help them get in better situations on third down, and that's going to allow D Ford to hopefully come in and play in a front that contains Justin Houston and D and one of the young guys and get more pass rushers on the field with Chris Jones and Breland Speaks. Uh, we'll see how that all comes together, but that's that's where I think it's all going where it should be going. And uh, we'll talk about this some more uh, probably next week after we wrap up minicamp. Uh, look for some new things coming and uh, check out the RGR channel on YouTube. We really appreciate it. And we'll be back with you tomorrow. Thanks for listening today. We'll talk to you then.
Thanks for listening to the Locked On Chiefs podcast. While you're out there, give us a rating or review. And reach out to us on Twitter, at Ryan Tracy NFL and at Chris Clark NFL. We'll talk to you next time.